jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Dungey! Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive, but he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We have two guests lined up for you today. Uh, we've got Jonathan Alexander from the News and Observer down in North Carolina set to join us at 1230 as we preview the Orange and the Tar Heels Saturday afternoon inside the Carrier Dome. And then we'll get to my interview with John Wildhack to kick off hour number two. I sat down with SU's athletic director yesterday just outside his office at Manley Fieldhouse. Uh, we ran a portion of that interview last night on the television version of Orange Nation on News Channel 9. We'll, uh, we'll air uh, the entire thing uh, coming up at uh, at 1 o'clock. And again, your phone calls are welcome at any time. 315-437-7644. I want to spend a good portion of this first hour, Seth, uh, talking SU football and, and talking about this matchup against the Tar Heels on Saturday. And the question I'm going to ask you to start the show, I'm, I'm frankly mad at myself that I'm, I'm even going to ask you this question, um, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I was thinking right. coming over here. I'm a little here, nervous now. What's this question? I was thinking coming over here, how are we going to start the show today? And the, the question that kept popping into my mind is one that I absolutely hate, but I feel like it's pertinent for this game. Is this a must-win for Syracuse? And you know how I feel about must-win. How yeah. I feel about must win is that if you lose the game, your goals are off the table. I realize mathematically they can still get to a bowl game, but I would challenge you on this. Is just getting to a bowl game this year, is that is that really their ultimate goal? Yes. That's it. Yes. Six and six yes. is their goal. Yes. Because yes. I would, at and this, I know point, you, you at this look, point, I would disagree look, with that. You disagree with that because they got off to the 4-0 start. We've been over this before and we don't have to go back to it. You're, you disagree with that because of the start they got off to. If you said prior to the year that they're, that that going to a bowl game was going to happen, that would be a mission accomplished. Before the season, if we said, hey, they're going to go 6-6 six and six and go to a bowl game, mission accomplished. And so I think that just because they got off to a 4-0 start and they you know looked better in those four games, I think it's really hard to adjust and swing too much where if they go 6 and 6 or 7 and 5 and get to a ball game all of a sudden that's disappointing because back on August 1st as you know John Wildhack said uh, yesterday as I know I saw John Wildhack said uh, with Syracuse.com back on August 1st if they were 4 and 0 and or 4 and 2 at this point you would have been very happy back on August 1st if we said hey they're going to go 6 and 6 and go to a bowl game you would be really happy with where the program is so I, I think that now sitting here on October 17th and saying well, I don't know that that would be a, a good year. I think that's that's something that's really tough for me to do. Expectations can change. Uh, what is your expectation right now for the SU basketball team this year? 
I think they're a top 20 team. And so Sweet 16? Sure. I think that... Uh, hang on. Sure. Hang yeah, on. Okay. Fine. So they're going to be really good. Let's say a month from now. Let's say Frank Howard still isn't back. And then Tyus Battle, God forbid, suffers a season-ending injury. That, hang, on, on, no, that's, hang on. That's hang on. totally no, different isn't. from what happened. Hang on. Hang on. Do your expectations change? Yes, but that's totally different from what happened. Not necessarily. Yes, it is. No, it, it isn't. Abs- it's a totally different situation. Is this team better than you thought? Probably a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. They're little. You picked them to win five games. Yeah, and they we won were having, four. We were having a discussion two weeks ago about whether or not they were going to win yeah, nine. They're, they're better than that. Yes, Be- yes. they're better. Okay, not a little bit. They're a lot. They're better. They're a lot better than you thought. Yes. So expectations change. Okay, but still getting to a bowl game is. I think getting to a bowl game is still, still a success. Yes. I, I, hang on. I still hang think on. That's a successful hang year. on. Hang on. I didn't say it wasn't successful. Okay. I didn't say it wasn't a step forward. But I said, is that is that truly their ultimate goal? And this is why I say that. We've heard from the players and the coaches for what two months now, and one thing that I remember Eric Dungy said at the beginning of the year is that you know as seniors. He wants to leave the program better off than than how they found it. Now, I think that that is happening. However, think about this for a second. These guys were generally recruited five years ago, the seniors, right? 2013, they went 7-6. and six. None of these players were on that team. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they were on the team. I'm saying that's when they were recruited. So that's when they were introduced to SU football, five years ago, roughly. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. So you come here. And you want to leave the program better off than when you found it. If they go seven and six and go to a low level bowl game, no, did wait. they accomplish that? No, they they would have been they would have been juniors. No, they would have been juniors that 2013. Okay, they That's usually that when you start getting recruited, okay. and then you make a decision your senior year. That, that's what I'm saying. That's when they were introduced to SU football, roughly. Fine. 2013. Now I know they were three and nine, so I'm I'm taking creative license with this argument a little, a little bit. bit, a little bit. But they were introduced to SU football, many of them, during a seven and six year, and a low level bowl game. If they go seven and six and go to a low level bowl game, are they leaving the program better off than when they found it? I think I think they if they went to a bowl game seven seven and six and had the same record, yes, I think the program would be in better shape than what they found it in. That was a seven and six that was on a decline. That was a seven and six that led to two three and nine seasons. Uh, that led to three four and eight seasons, or a three and nine and three four and eight seasons. Yeah, if they went seven and six this year and went to a bowl game, this program is in better shape than what Eric Dungy founded it. There's no question about that. There's no question they're ahead of where they were. I guess my my point is this: is that I I don't know. You know, we we in the media and I think the fans, a lot of us, put six and six on this team when the season started. We said the goal is six and six in a bowl game. Sure. And my point is, I'm not sure that the goal for the, the ultimate goal for this team is six and six in a bowl game. And so while I hate well, the no, question, any of them will say it's the no, ACC no, 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 championship. No. I know what they're going to say, but that's not the goal either. I mean, the, right? I mean, it's somewhere no, in between. Of course it it's is. somewhere in between. I know what they would say, but it's somewhere in between. And I hate the question, is it a must win? And every part of me, you know, my gut reaction is, no, it's not a must win. Of course it's not a must win. You know, they could win the rest of their games and, and finish 9-3 and three and go to a bowl game. But when I stop to think about it, and again, they're going to have an opportunity, maybe the last opportunity if they lose this game. They have an opportunity to to build on the momentum with the fan base here. And then what happens if you lose three in a row 
and it's homecoming. And, you know, now, not, now look, it's here we look, go you're again. Not, you're not wrong. And I would also say that UNC and Louisville are the two most winnable games left on your schedule. So you should get those two. And you better take advantage of those two games that are against bad well, teams that's my point, that are in it, the dome. If you lose this one, what is the end result exactly. going to be record-wise? And I think that's a fair question to ask. And I think that's a fair question to, to look at because... These are the. This is one of two games that you look at and say that's a bad team, and they are coming to your building. And the other one example that you have of that is Louisville at the end of the year. And if you don't win UNC and you don't win Louisville, where are you finding your next two wins? So it's tough to say it's a must win because, as you said, there are plenty of other opportunities to go out there and and get two six wins and win games. And hey, you could beat NC State the next week, or you could beat Wake Forest on the road, or Boston College on the road. Or sure, you could. But I think that this is one of your two best opportunities to go get that win. So you buy my argument? What? That that this is a must win? Sure. All right. I don't buy the argument that if that that if they go six and six, it's not mission accomplished. We're still talking about a program that hasn't been to a bowl game in five years. We're still talking about or more than that now. But but mission accomplished for who? The media and the fans or the or the, the team? program. Nah, the program it's six and six. I that's mean, such it's garbage. A, it's a baby they step. That's such garbage. They've been four and eight the last three years. They've been awful the last four years, and they went to a bowl game five years ago when these kids were high, juniors in high school, as you just said. Going six and six and getting to a bowl game is a wild success for this wild, team. Wild? No, this program? no, stop, of co- stop. Are you kidding me? It of is course a it baby is. step. It's Seth. a success. A wild it's success. He- yes. Oh Think my about God. how bad they've been. Think about how terrible this. Program I can't believe has you just been. said that. I can't Think about believe. how terrible this program has it's been. It's a baby step. Yes, it's a step forward. Six. We've seen six and six. We've seen we seven haven't and seen six. six and six in five years. Oh, Seth, it's a baby step. And this program is on the rise. I'm not saying that you know they're going to go back to three and nine next year if they go six and six. But come on, six and six is not a wild success. We haven't seen it in five oh. years. That's a huge success for this team. No, it's yes, not. it is. It's not. Seth, it's not. They started four and zero. If they go six and six, that is not going to feel like a wild success again, at the end of the again, day. Again, go back to August first, and then you know what? They go six and six. Everybody's going to say the same thing. They didn't beat anybody. What if they go six and six and they beat Carolina and Louisville the rest of the way? People are going to say they didn't beat anybody. Who cares? How is they got the six. How is that a wild? Okay, success? and last year, and last year when they beat Clemson, and and when we talked about, would you rather have the upset or the six wins? How many people called in and said we'd rather have six wins? Well, congratulations. You're going to go get six wins, and you're not going to beat anybody. Congratulations. You can, you can have that opportunity this year. And then guess what? When it's, de- when it's December, when it's January, when we're looking for something that football to talk, we can bring that question back up and say, which season did you like more? That one where they were bad? That one where they won four games when they didn't beat anybody after they beat Clemson? But, hey, they beat Clemson. That was cool. Or this one where they won six games. They got to a bowl game. Which season and they is going to be nobody. more memorable? What's the Clemson be- one. Of course. So five <laughs> years from now, we're not going to look back and say, like, oh, that 2018, se- you know, that, that 2018 team that went 6-6, six no. six, they turned the program Nobody's around. Nobody's going to remember it. it. It's a baby step. It's a baby step. I think it's a They're big deal if they were to two, get to six they, to six. No, I mean it's, I mean it's fine. It's it's the bare minimum of what they need to do. You call it a wild success. I say it's the bare minimum. I think it's a really big deal. We could not disagree more on this. I think it's the it's the bare minimum. It's it's certainly better than five and seven, but six Look, and it's six a, it's, is the bare minimum. I think it's a big deal and a success while also acknowledging that it's the start of something. I don't think that's the end result, but given that you went three and nine, four and four, four, uh, four and eight, four and eight, four and eight, and that you've won 
what, that's 15 games over four, uh, over four years, to be able to go and win six, to be able to finally get back to that bowl eligibility number, to finally get back to postseason play, that's a really big deal. I think that's a big step forward for this program. That's, right. not, that's not a success long term. You don't want to be stuck at six wins forever. You don't want to be winning six games year after year after year. But, you want, but for this program, given what they've done the last four years, the last five years, that's a big deal if they were to get to six wins. It's a step forward. It's a small step forward, in my opinion. They they're four and they started four and zero. They should win more than six games this they, year. Of course they should. All right, three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Let's go to the phone lines. Rick in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Rick. I think ultimately both of you are making good points, but I sort of side with Steve. If they only go six and six as bad as the ACC is this year, I don't think it's a successful year. If it, go back to your basketball point, if Duke and Carolina are really struggling this year, which they probably won't be, don't you think Syracuse should be the ACC championship champion of basketball? When Florida and 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 Louisville or Florida State and Louisville are pretty bad this year, six and six I think would be a letdown. And if you don't get those two teams and make hay on the years that those teams are bad, I think with the senior quarterback because. We don't know how good DeVito is. Can you guys say we're better than last year? What are we better at? I think they're better at all three phases, to be honest with you, Rick. I mean, it's, you, you, uh, you I make... don't think we're better defensively last oh, year. Oh, yes, they are. They're our a lot better defensively. Court, I think our front, our front four, maybe, our linebacking core is awful, and our, uh, our we don't know how good our back four is because you can run the ball on it. Do you think our offense is as good as last year? Yes. Yes. I more, think it's better. They're more I efficient agree. than they were last year. They're averaging 43 points per game. They're averaging 43 points per game. And defensively, and listen, Rick, you made some good points there, but you lost me there at the end. They're better in all three phases. The special teams has been dynamite. Offensively, they're averaging more than 40 points per game. And defensively, yes, the linebackers are young and inexperienced, and that is the weakness of the defense right now. The D-line has been great. The secondary has improved. They're not giving up. You know, and this is a bad time for me to say this. I was going to say they're not giving up the big play. Now, obviously, we saw the big play a little bit against Pitt. We saw it against Western Michigan. We did not see it really for four weeks in between at all. Even and the that Clemson was, game, you didn't see yeah, too many. And that was an Achilles heel, obviously, of this defense You know, last year and the years prior. The, the defense has gotten better, and I, there's still work to be done, Rick. Believe me, I'm not saying that... You know, we're talking about the 85 Bears here. There's still work to be done, um, but the defense has gotten better. I think the offense is more efficient, and special teams has been dynamite. So I, this is a better football team than it was a year ago. Yes, that that much is obvious. The the offense, I agree with you, far more efficient than they were last year. Even if the running game is only increments better, and in the passing game, uh, you know, you're still looking for that that breakout guy. I think the offense is more efficient, moving at a better speed. Uh, than they were last year, and they're finishing more drives and getting points out of more drives. It feels like than they did last year, as as, as you know, shown by the forty three points per game. That's not what they were averaging last year. Defensively, this is really simple to me. Defensively, it's broken down into three units that are really easy to look at. And so I'll ask: Is the defensive line better than yes. it was last year? Yes. Is the secondary better than it was last year? Yes. Yes. Are the linebackers better than they were last year? No. No. But guess what? Two out of those three are better. I think this defense is better than it was last year. The D-line is is a lot significantly better. Significantly better than it was last year. A lot better. I think better. the secondary is significantly better than it was last year. Yeah. Now, it's coming from a lower bar, but I think that it's significantly better than it was last year. And I think that that makes the unit better as a whole, even though you have the drop-off 
at linebacker. So I, I think it's hard to look at this team and not say, hey, they're better than they were last year. But, yeah, that 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 thing at the end, that lost me. All right, let's take a time out here. 315-437-7644. Again, we want to hear from you. Seth thinks 6-6. This will be a wildly successful season. I say, like, I'm fine with 6-6. Like, okay, great, 6-6, went to a bowl game. I just, this team could be so much more than that. So much more. So 6-6, baby step forward in my opinion. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Charles Heating and Air. I just looked up some stats real quick uh, during the break in terms of is SU's offense better, is the defense better. From a scoring perspective, SU averaging better than 16 points per game more than last year, 43 points this year to 27 last year. Uh, They're giving up about a touchdown less, 25.5 points this year, 32.5 points last year. Yards per game, uh, they're giving up about 30 yards uh, less per game, and the offense is gaining about 25 yards more per game. Uh, And even as bad as the rush defense has been, they're still giving up about 20 yards less on the ground this year opposed to last year. So, again, those are just some stats to throw out there. I think the eye test, we can see that... The defense is better. The offense is better. Special teams Fairly is certainly obvious. better. Yes. Uh, back to the phone lines. Brendan in Syracuse, up next on the show. Hey, Brendan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? All right. Uh, to settle your 6-6 six and six debate, you're both very, very right. Uh, the kicker is the bowl win. Uh, do we win the bowl game or do we lose the bowl game? That'll, uh, that'll measure the success. That's fair. Okay, um, that's fair. All right, yes. If they win the bowl game, I'll feel better about 6-6 <laughs> six and six than if they don't. Okay, I'll give you that. Then, then you beat somebody, so... Yeah, I give you that. That's fair. All right, thanks. All right, appreciate you checking in. I, I would also like to point out, this is a program that's been to five bowl games in 18 years. You know, it's but it's it's not like they were going to bowl games every we, year no, up until five years we've ago. We've seen six and but, six, though. But not... I guess my point is, not a lot. Not not often. This does It, it hasn't happened much in the last 18 years here. And so I, I think that... For what is clearly a first step, it is a big first step if they're going to get there. It's not a first step, though. I mean, they've they've already done this. They did it five years ago. Five years isn't with like this, 30 years with ago. This, with this coaching staff and this regime, this is a first step. Yeah, it's a baby step. They, they have bigger fish to fry. It's a step forward, but it's, I'm, eh, it's six and six. Eh, do better than that. Uh, back to the phone line. You have to get to six and six before you can do better than that, don't you? But they could do it this season. They, you're not required to go from four and eight to well. The most we can get is six wins. They could get more than six this year. So get eight. Get eight wins. Sure. Get seven I, wins. Seven sure. eight wins. That feels dis- better. Sure. I don't disagree with that. But I still think that saying that that getting to six eight is a successful four, year. Eight and four in a bowl game. Then you you can use the adjective. You feel fantastic wild, about that. No. Then you can use the the adjective wildly successful. Eight and four See, in a bowl why, game. Six wildly, and six. Wildly is probably where I went wrong. Maybe here. a little I think bit. It would be a ve- I think it would be a big success to get to six and six right. given this program's history. Backing off wild and going to yeah. big. Okay. Wild was probably the, you the overshot poor it choice there a little bit. Of, yeah, okay. probably. All right. Steven North Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Steve. Yeah, uh, several points. Firstly, I seem to remember a conversation on the show when we were four and all where. Steve said uh, six and six would be a successful season, even though it would mean we went two and six down the down the stretch because it would be better than the losing seasons that we've been having. Uh, maybe my memory is faulty on that. 
Um, you saying I, I you saying I said that, Steve? No, I don't think Steve I, said that. Yeah, I, I think I did. Yeah, I think Seth said that. <laughs> I don't think that's something that would come out of my mouth. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I do remember it being said. Uh, I would look at this uh, like a high jump. I would say six and six is getting over the bar. And it's something we need to do because uh, to, to get out on the recruiting trail and convince uh, uh, recruits to come here because we're a coming program requires that we stop having these losing records and watching bowl games on, on TV. Uh, then uh, once you get over the bar, uh, then your next goal is to win the competition. And if you've won the competition, your next goal might be to set the record. So that you can have multiple goals, and six and six would be the minimum goal. It doesn't mean that it's the ceiling on what you want to accomplish this year. I actually think if we got that sixth win before the last game of the season, the team uh, might even improve because the pressure would be off. They will have gained that minimum goal, and and now they can uh, take an aggressive attitude uh, toward the rest of the games. I would also, just talking about basketball, I, I wish we would stop defining basketball expectations by how far we'll go in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Virginia went down by 20 points to a 16 seed in the first round next year. Was that a disappointing season, though? Because I think it was. If Virginia no, loses to a 16 seed. Was. See, that, that's where we that's where we disagree, Steve. And I know where you're going with that because the it's it's the such a, a crap it's shoot. such a crapshoot. I get yeah. that, but. I mean, they lost to a 16 seed. That's I don't care what they did during the regular season. That's that's a disappointing season. That's, I would, I, I, the, the, the way I would define expectations is whether we're nervous or curious on Selection Sunday. If we can have a team that gets as curious on Selection Sunday, then that's a successful regular season. Yeah, fair. That's fair. Uh, and we got to run, Steve, because we're up, up against the break there. It, he just said exactly what I've been saying. Six and six is the is the minimum goal. And at the beginning of the season, it felt like that is the ceiling, right? I mean, that we put that on the team. The media and the fans like the, said six that and six like in a bowl game. Best. That felt like, all right, that's, you know, it's another tough schedule. But again, the ACC's watered down. Syracuse is better than they thought they were going to, we thought they were going to be. Expectations can change, and so I'm with Steve. Six and six right now is the like minimum high, goal. I like this high jump analogy more. It's the bar you've got to clear that bar, but you can do it all in the same meet. Okay, then, to take that analogy one step further, you can do it all in the same meet. You can do a personal best, and then you can win okay, the competition. Okay, or, but that doesn't mean that you're not still setting your personal best, which is what getting well, six and six in a bowl game would to, be. You have and to get to six deal. wins first, but you don't have to stop at six. Is my point. So I, I'm with Steve. Six and six is the it's it feels like the minimum now. And I'm not saying that six and six isn't a success in to some degree. Obviously, it is. It just it feels like this team could be so much more than that. They could Maybe be they six and zero oh right sure, now. They could, they be could six very and oh. easily, easily they could be, be six be, and zero. Oh. They've got no running game and they got beat by two terrible quarterbacks. No running game except for their or averaging about. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, thought, I was going to say defense. running game. Run defense. They've, they've got a running game. They've got no run defense and they got beaten by two terrible quarterbacks. That's what happened. Yeah, but one of those terrible quarterbacks played for the you know fourth best team in the country. You still knew what they were going to do every single play. That's fair. We do have to take a timeout. We've got to get to Jonathan Alexander from the News and Observer next as we continue to preview Syracuse and North Carolina back after this on ESPN Radio. 
It's today's business brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amour CPAs. Now, normally uh, we have our producer, uh, Tommy Hogan, in for this segment. Tommy's uh, tied up at the moment, though. Tommy is tied up. He might come in a moment, but he's tied up. We might get to that in today's business. I was going to say, do you want to explain why he's Uh, tied up? Let's wait. Okay. Let's wait. We'll see if we get to it. Okay, let's get to today's business here. Uh, Let's start off with this one, Steve. Uh, This was a a huge story that came out last night. Uh, Apparently, the Astros have been actively trying to steal signs and and, uh, sending people around the stadiums throughout their playoff run and throughout the season. Uh, Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports saying that the Indians were uh, the Indians warned the Red Sox about a man named Kyle McLaughlin. He was taking pictures of their dugout for the Houston Astros. MLB looked into an August incident in which Oakland alleged the same thing, a, a, uh, a sign-stealing scheme. So this guy was caught during Game 3 of the ALDS taking pictures of the Indians' dugout. He was caught during the ALCS and was asked to leave the media area from the... Uh, you know, down near the dugout. He was removed by security. He's not publicly listed as an Astros employee, but he's been in pictures with the guy, uh, with the Astros owner, so, like, they clearly know each other. Uh, MLB significantly beefed up their security for ga- uh, during Game 3, and uh, two Major League players uh, said they witnessed the Astros hitting a trash can in the dugout in recent, in recent years and believe it's a way to relay signals to hitters. The Dodgers also thought that the Astros were stealing signs during the World Series last season, according to Passan and a couple of sources. So this guy, does he have like he a media like a, credential? Apparently, yes. Apparently he had some kind of media credential to get into that area, um, and then they were just like, you can't be taking pictures in the dugout. Or I think they went down to him and he didn't have the media credential. Maybe he only had the team credential, and they were like, you can't be here. See if he's and got removed him. If he's got better access than fans, then there's something they could do. If he's just sitting amongst the fans, though, what well, what can be done? Here's the thing: if he's just sitting amongst the fans and like relaying stuff in game to somebody in the dugout, I think that's crossing the 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 line of this weird sign stealing thing. Because sign stealing is a part of baseball, and I've got no problem if you're the runner standing on second base and you're like, "Oh, the catcher's sign is a little bit low." He's got a media credential. See- you're okay with it? No, 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 no. I'm saying, okay. I'm saying players like on the field, got like that kind of stuff. Like, hey, you're a base runner. You're on second base. The catcher's sign is a little low. You're able to see around the pitcher. You can you can pick up a sequence or whatever it is, and you're able to relay something. So it'd be better if or- Jose Altuve whipped out his cell phone and started like <laughs> again, snapping pictures. In again, the not not at all what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. I was, you know, I, I think that that. Stealing signs on the field is kind of part of baseball, right? Yeah. It's, hey, I picked up what the third base coach is doing. I know that guy's going to steal on this pitch. You know, let, let's figure something out there. That's not part of baseball, right? Having somebody who's actively going and taking pictures in the dugout or, or you know, watching a game on TV somewhere and relaying stuff down, which I saw was kind of, you know, pointed out or, or alleged at some point as well. You know, that that kind of stuff is not part of the game. That kind of stuff is where you've got to try and police That's the sign the stealing. Right. And, but it's it's this weird back and forth of, like, some sign stealing is okay and some isn't. And just don't be stupid and go over the line. It's not much different than, you know, you're saying, like, the players stealing signs. How is it different than, you know, a middle linebacker, you know, kind of figuring out certain tendencies uh, with an opposing offense in the game of football or... 
you know, in, in basketball, exactly. you know a, a certain set and, and you know what's what's coming off that certain set when you're playing defense. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think that that is part of the game. Uh, what they're doing is is clearly crossing the line. I would say this, though. If you're Major League Baseball, how do you go about punishing a team that does something like this? Like, how I don't do you, know. How do you hurt them? I don't know, because you could find them, but does that do anything? Does that do anything? Right. No, and, and so I don't know what you can really do on field. Um, Again, the, like we talk about this all suspension? the time. We talk about this with uh, with anything, throwing at batters. We talk about it with PED use, whatever the case may be in baseball. We talk about but the risk it, has to outweigh the reward. But isn't it even simpler, though, with with those kinds of situations? Because you could take the player off the field. And whether whether they take the player off the field for long enough or not can be uh, can be debated. And, and I think that that's a fair argument to have. And we did when uh, Jose Arrhenia got suspended. And we were like, yeah, that's not really long enough for what he did for hitting Ronald Acuna. Uh, but this isn't involving anybody on the field. So what do you do? You can't go suspend the manager. You can't go suspend the GM. You can't go, you know, and say, "Hey, uh, you were doing this so Jose Altuve doesn't get to play this this week." Right. Well, like, you, you I, said, I don't know what you do. You said you can fine them, and and that's how I look at at PED use because you know these guys have guaranteed contracts. So if they if they cash in on a big contract and then they get caught, void to the them, contract. Right, but they don't right now. So that's to right. me that's that's where the does the risk outweigh the reward. That's that's why a lot of times I don't feel that, that the discipline is harsh enough in those circumstances. Same thing with pitchers that throw it at guys. If they get you know if it's a if it's a starting pitcher and he gets eight games, that's essentially you know missing one one start. Exactly. You know? it, is that does the 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 risk outweigh the reward? Not of course really. It does. Um, well, no, I'm you know saying the I, risk oh, doesn't, yeah, yeah. doesn't no, outweigh no, it's, the reward. It's, wor- it's worth it it's to go throw it, it a guy. Right. Yes. It's worth it in this case to try and win a World Series right. if you're because just going to get fined a little bit. You're going to get fined half a million dollars. Who cares? So I'm Baseball just, teams can eat that. I'm curious what, what the team or what, know, the, what Major League Baseball can do to the team, I guess is what I'm saying. To right. make it hurt. I don't, I don't know what you can actually do to a multi-billion dollar you know, team that's doing this. I mean, they, they won a World Series last year. The value of the Houston Astros have, has literally never been higher than it is right this second. I don't know what you can do that would actually hurt them. Uh, next up, uh, Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports reporting uh, or, or reporting from the FBI trial yesterday uh, about a taped conversation between former Adidas employee Merle Code and a Kansas assistant coach named Curtis Townsend, and they discussed what it would take to land Zion Williamson before he committed to the Duke Blue Devils. Of course, yesterday we talked about Coach K, who sure. said, no, this is a blip on the radar. We don't we don't lose kids to this. Uh, Code said that Williamson was asking for, quote, opportunities from an occupational perspective. He's asking for cash in his pocket, and he's asking for housing for him and his family. Townsend said, quote, if that's what it takes to get him here for, six, for 10 months, we're going to have to do it some way. Uh, then he... Before committing to Duke last October, Williamson took an official visit to Kansas in September. Townsend was his lead uh, recruiter along with head coach Bill Self. And remember, Coach K said yesterday, we haven't lost guys because someone cheated. I haven't ha- I haven't paid attention to it because I haven't been affected by it. So he, if he had gone to Kansas, then, then he, he would care. His answer would be different. Apparently. Maybe. If anybody was going to get him, it sounds like Kansas would have been able to get him. Kansas was fully in on this, and and he and he just turned down whatever Kansas was offering and went to Duke because it's Duke. Sure, you say that uh, tongue in cheek. I don't know the answer to that. I say that I say that with some skepticism. Yeah, sure. I, I think yes, of course. That's why he went to Duke because it's a it's a great 
academic institution that he's going to take advantage of for eight months. I think it's fair to be skeptical, but that doesn't necessarily that doesn't mean, mean that they've done anything. Right? Doesn't but I think mean it's they fair did anything wrong, but I think it's fair to be skeptical. I mean, you're looking at a guy who, and and with with what the numbers that were being thrown around in this trial, in this case. The numbers that were being thrown around for somebody like Brian Bowen, what in the world would have been thrown around for Zion Williamson? I mean, if a hundred grand was being thrown around for Brian Bowen, who is you know a a good player, a five star recruit, but you know what, top thirty, top forty in the country, you're talking about the number three recruit in the nation, a top five guy. Like, what numbers are going to get thrown around for him? If teams are willing to go to a hundred grand and jobs and other things for Brian Bowen. I could only imagine what that number is and how high that would get for for Williamson, for the top guys in the country. I mean, so are, we ta- are we talking half a million dollars? They didn't lay out any numbers? Not that I saw. It would be interesting to see what, I would love they're, to what know. they're talking. I would love to know what, what a player thinking. like him would be, would be worth. Because, it, again, if a top 40 player, top 30 player in Brian Bowen is worth $100,000, what's, what's the number three recruit in the country worth to you? More than that. Yes, I, I don't know how much obviously. more, but more than that. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course he's worth more than that. Uh, last thing I wanted to get to here, Steve. Uh, did you see the Golden State Warriors rings last night? I did not. Oh, oh. now you you will be surprised to learn uh, they are reversible. What they does that re- mean? They are reversible. You can pop the top off and flip it around, and and they are reversible uh, so that you can get a different ring face on the top of your ring. Now, I'm showing you the video, but this is remarkable and and eventually it'll pop and the, and they'll, you know, turn it around and, and you'll see there are two separate designs on this ring and to me this says two things. Oh, this says one thing really. They've won so much recently that they got bored and had to try something crazy, right? So you're seeing that it twists off and then you could take the latch off and flip it over and there's another design. But here's the other thing. Home that and I, away. You can wear, wear exactly. a lighter ring on the, on the road and match it up, uh, darker match, ring at home. Match it up with your tie, yeah. with your pocket square, with your socks. Here's the thing that I thought of, first and foremost. I would lose it. I would lose the ring. I would, I would end up with half of it, and it would look terrible. Because I would, I would go to switch it, and I would drop it, and I, would, I, I, I wouldn't know where it went. Or I wouldn't play with it so much, and I would flip it around so many times that the latch would then break. And then I'm and then I'm walking around one day and off pops my ring. I would lose this championship ring if I got it. So you want it to be permanent. You don't want that. I don't want, you don't anything, want that option. Look, I don't want anything I can play with. <laughs> look at my look at my 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 phone case right now. The top of it slides off. It is not supposed to slide off that easily. Easily, you can look. It is broken because of how many times I have played with it, taken it on and off, and dropped my phone. Oh, the last Seth. thing the last thing I need is a a. $100,000 ring that could be popped off and played with. Surprised it even stays on your phone. You're, it does. you're doing it right in front of me. It, no, it locks in. It's not like I'm going to I'm not going to like shake my phone and comes off so easily it. though. It does. Now, now the bottom half of my case, I cannot get off my phone. Top half of my case whenever I want. All right, is that today's business? That is today's business. All right, it's brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. Remain focused with today's business on helping clients prosper by providing comprehensive accounting, auditing, tax planning, and preparation services. Visit gsacpas.com. One final time out, wrap up the show right after this on ESPN Radio.